good morning, good morning, everybody. If you would make your way back towards your seats, that would be fantastic. We are so glad that you're here this morning. If you are a first-time guest, let me personally say welcome to you. If I didn't get a chance to talk to you beforehand, I'm Pastor Mike, and we are so grateful that you have chosen to come and worship at Church of the Lakes this morning. We also have experience guides out front. If you missed that, our ushers would be happy to bring you one. So if you just want to raise your hand right now, they'll be happy to bring you one. It's got sermon notes in it. It also has something in it called a connection card. And uh, that's what we would love if you're a first-time guest for you to fill out. And so there's just three, four pieces of information to ask for, name, phone number, date of birth, and email address. So if you'd fill that out, mark first-time guest. We'd love to know it's your first time here. We have a no-hassle guarantee. Nobody's going to show up at your front door. Uh, we just would like to be able to communicate with you by email and other ways. Uh, let me also say that if it's your first time here, uh, one of the things you won't see happen is a passing of buckets. So we don't do offering uh, sort of a traditional way. And a lot of people on their first time, they ask me. So I want to tell you, our giving boxes are in the back. So people take their, uh, their tithes, their offerings, put it in the boxes as they leave. So you can do that. Speaking of which, we are in the last week of our legacy offering. Loving it. Thank you guys so much for your giving in legacy offering and what we're able to do. Had someone else come to me this week and say, you know, after hearing the message about the other pastor, do you have another pastor? So I called a care for pastors and said, we'd like to bless another pastor's family because somebody put it on their heart. And, uh, and they gave me a family with five girls that just went through kind of being released from a church and kind of a tough situation. So church, again, thank you for your giving because this week a $500 check is showing up for that family out of the blue. They don't know who you are. Uh, but, but I just want to say thank you in our legacy and also really excited about this. These are kind of cool. So these, uh, these are, these is hand sanitizer with a little clip on it. But it actually has the Church of the Lakes logo on the little hand sanitizer. Where this came from is because uh, some of you uh, that are just new don't really don't know this, but we have adopted every staff member of the Leesburg Police Department, from records to dispatchers to police officers, you name it. And we've been writing cards, and you guys, man, y'all are keeping me busy. Like I'm, I'm the mail lady at the police department now. That's all I do: is stand in front of the mail slots and put stuff. And I love it. Keep it coming. Uh, but, but uh, one of our uh, one of our church members ran into a police officer and said, hey, I'm with Church of the Lakes. Have you gotten cards and stuff? And they were like, oh, yeah, we, we run to our box now to see if, we, if we've got something waiting for us. And, uh, and so this person said, well, what, what do you, you know, what do you, what are little things that you need or whatever? And she said something about hand sanitizer and having it be able to clip on either like the vest right here or their belt or this kind of thing. So this member of the church called me and said, Pastor Mike, can we do this? And I said, hey, make it happen. So she called, ordered all of these. Uh, I think Serena came and put all these together yesterday at the church officer day before. And, uh, and so we have these for the entire police department, but it has a little Church of the Lakes logo on it, but it's got the clip so it can go on their vest and they got hand sanitizer to keep them safe. So I just wanted to tell you, thank you. Yes. Thank you again for being the church that gives and gives and gives. And we turn around and give to the community and so grateful for that. Does anybody want some hand sanitizer? Anybody? Yes? Hand sanitizer. Who needs hand sanitizer? Here, here, somebody give it to Mr. Wally. Michael, grab this. Or Stephanie, there you go. Give that to Mr. Wally. It's a, there you go. Mr. Wally gets the first one. All right. The other thing that I get to tell you, church, I'm so excited. Um, this is a first. This is the first time I get to make an announcement like this. Uh, we have... We have hired a new pastor. Not not a new not a new senior pastor. You're stuck with me. But sorry. Some of y'all were like, yes. But I saw you and I took note, just so you know. Uh, no, but we have uh, something I thought we would never say when we launched Church of the Lakes. You know, we geared towards young people and young families and, and a stylistic that was more in that. And so it was crazy to me when we began to have this conversation about um, having a seniors pastor. Because here's what I know. Seniors that are out here today, thank you for putting up with a senior pastor who's really focused on the next generation. And I say that with all sincerity, and I mean that. Like, you continue to come, and you love the vision because it's reaching back. But we have recognized the need to make sure that you're ministered to and loved and taken care of and relationships are built for you. So I'm so excited because Pastor Doug Anderson and his lovely wife Dawn is here this morning. Pastor Doug's traveling this week. But next Sunday, I wanna make sure that you're here next Sunday. We're gonna bring them up and have kind of an official installation 
Elders are going to lay hands on them, pray over them, church pray over them. You'll have the opportunity to get to know them. But here's, here's the focus. Here's, here's really what it comes down to. We know that there's a lot of seniors around us. Anybody notice there's, there's seniors around us? Four, 50,000. But anyway, so there's seniors around us. But here's what I know. Lots of fun things to do, but there's a missing piece. And that missing piece is purpose. That missing piece is you can only play pickleball for so long, right? You can only play so much golf. But they are going, I want to do something. I still have something left in me to give to this world, but I'm not sure how exactly how to do that. And that's our goal. Our goal is to give purpose by tying them into the school and the Thrive Center and other activities in the community. Here's, here, I knew we were headed in the right direction, that God had his head in the right direction. When one of our senior men came up to me, I can't remember if it was last Sunday or the Sunday before. And he said, Pastor Mike, I just got to tell you. We moved here. And uh, we moved into a retirement community. And, and he said, and I really, I didn't want to get involved with the community. You know, did that stuff back home. That kind of, like, that's just not, I, I really didn't look at him. I just was part of this senior. And he said, but you know what? This thing with the police department has made Leesburg become my community. And I thought, that's it. Like, that's it. That we would... Find meaning and purpose in that. So seniors, we're excited that next week, uh, Pastor Doug, Don Anderson are coming on staff with us and going to have a focus to do that, to minister to your needs and to others in the future. So don't, don't miss next Sunday when we have the opportunity to uh, pray over them and be a part of that. Really, really excited about that. Um, and, and again, Christmas Eve service. Don't forget to join us here Christmas Eve at 630. Uh, dress up, wear an ugly sweater. I, it's Florida. Wear flip-flops. Doesn't matter. Do your thing. It's all good, but we're going to have Christmas cookies and coffee and hot chocolate and just have a great service. It is a family service, I want to remind you. So we're going to all be in here together with the kids. Makes it a little bit noisy and all that, but it's, it's really healthy sometimes for us to do that. So come join us on Christmas Eve. Excited about that. So I want to continue in this series that we've been working on uh, for the last few weeks. And we've been talking about this key word, peace, peace. And it's so funny because I was talking to Pastor Ron Cook, who's a mentor to me and one of our overseers this week. I was counseling with him as I do monthly. And he was going through his normal checking me. All right, Pastor Mike, how's your soul? Taking care of your wife? You're doing this? Are you in your word? Blah. You know, he's kind of doing this checkup that he does with me. And then he said, you know, I want to I suggest a book for you. And I was like, okay, cool. And it's the, the ruthless now I forgot the name of the book. It's, it's, the, it's the Ruthless Ridding of Hurry. Right? You can't make this up. So immediately, we're, we're Zoom talking. Immediately, I pull up iBooks on my phone, right? And I pull up the, the, the whole deal. And <laughs> there is the Ruthless Ridding of Hurry, the book. And right next to it for two ninety nine is the Summary. Does anybody else catch the irony there? The reading of hurry. Let's get a summary of it. And I thought, man, is that not the story of our culture? Right? Like we say we want peace. We say we want calm. And yet we schedule our day like we're the Tasmanian devil. Right? I mean, we, 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 we have these pictures in our mind. We have these ideas of peace. We've got this picture-perfect idea of your family Christmas dinner, right? The ambiance is just right. You got the, the, the pine sniffer, so it smells like pine in the house. Right? And there's a fire. Nobody will go next to it because it's 70 degrees and it's Florida. But there's a fire. Right? And it's all lovely and, and all this scenario. And we have this picture and you're going to cook exactly this. And they're going to have that and blah, blah, blah. And let me ask you, does it ever end up like that? Almost never, right? Almost never. Like, and what we've been dealing with is this. Is we are, and, and, and I'll just say this because I'll put myself out there on blast a little bit. Those of us who grew up dysfunctional, matter of fact, I'll go this far. The more dysfunctional you grew up, 
the more you're striving to create perfect. The more you're trying to make the white picket fence thing work. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And then when you don't, chaos ensues inside of you. And I don't know if there's anybody else like me, but I can find myself going from hallelujah to what the... in about 1.2 seconds. Right? And we're missing something because the Christmas story, as we've been talking about, is about peace. And we have this fake commercialized version of peace that we have in this beautiful little nativity scene. Right? We got that little nativity and the star and the angel and, you know, the little donkey is just looking over at baby Jesus and smiling. When the reality is, is that's not at all what was going on that night. You had a nine-month pregnant, we'll guesstimate it, 14-year-old riding on a donkey. I said, I said to Savannah, because she killed that song today, I said to Savannah, I was like, man, I was kind of worried your water would break. You're hitting some of those notes. <laughs> Everything good? You good? Okay. But in all seriousness, like the chaos of the hormones and the things that were going on that night, and there was, there was anything but peace that night. And so what we've been talking about, and, and we talked about the Luke story. Let's, let's look at it real quick. Luke two thirteen. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, here it comes, on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Oftentimes we've translated that peace on earth. And we're missing a concept that Jesus never came. This is what we talked about week one. Jesus never came to bring peace on earth. He didn't. That's not what he came for. Matter of fact, the only time that phrase shows up in the Bible, Jesus himself says, you thought I came to bring peace on earth? No, I came to bring division. That's exactly what he says. And so we talked about in week one, this, this facade that we kind of deal with. And then we talked about John 14 and 27. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart. It's a gift. It's not something for the whole earth around you, but it's for you. It's a gift. Peace of mind and peace of heart. The peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. What's fragile about the world's peace? Well, it's only temporary, right? Come on. Chocolate will give you peace for a short time period. Come on, ladies, right? Shopping will give you peace for a short time period. But guess what? Those clothes get old. Right? Whatever it is, drugs will give you some sort of peace for a short time period. And then consequences ensue or alcohol or sex or whatever it is. Right? And Jesus says, I I came that you might have peace and it's different. It's not fragile like the world gives. So don't be afraid. So in week two, we talked about, listen, there's no peace. And here, this was hard. Last week was hard. Right? There's no peace without being a peacemaker. And we talked about reconciliation. And what it means for us to actually take everyone's bank account to zero. Do you remember that if you were here? That's hard, isn't it? Forgiveness. For us to take people. That's, that's what it means. But this week, I want to talk about a term. The Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. That's, that's what Jesus was called, the Prince of Peace. So I want to read a, 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 a prophecy. This was written hundreds of years before Jesus showed up about Jesus. And you hear this verse over and over at Christmas time. It's read very often. Now here's what happens. For those of you who maybe don't know the story, there were prophets. These are people that God spoke to and he gave messages to the people to tell them what was to come. Right? And so some of these prophets spoke things about Jesus hundreds of years before it ever happened. There were 300 prophecies about the coming Messiah. 300. I don't know if you've ever heard the, 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 the term quantitative uh, analytics, but quantitative analytics is, is maybe if you went to business school, you might have taken, but it's probability. What is the probability of something happening? 
right? So there were some mathematicians and they said, you know what? 300 prophecies and one person has to fulfill that. What are the probabilities there? So they started breaking it down. They said, I'll tell you what, let's start with just eight prophecies. They took eight prophecies and figured out that the probability that one person would fulfill eight prophecies is one times 10 to the 17th power. That's one times 10 with 17 zeros behind it. It's something like a hundred million billion or something, if I'm saying it correctly. When I was a kid, we just called it a gazillion. You know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy. And I'm thinking about that probability. Here, here's, let me give you, let me give you my version. Let me give you a broken down version. If you took enough Girl Scout cookies to, to put them a foot deep across the entire state of Texas. Got a picture in your head? I like Girl Scout cookies. Thin mint, anybody? Yeah. If you took a foot of thin mint cookies, Girl Scout cookies, and you put them all the way across Texas, and then you took an Oreo, and you flew around in a helicopter and threw the Oreo out, and then somehow mixed up all of Texas, then you blindfolded yourself and got back in the helicopter and flew and said, right here, drop down out, went over and picked one up. That's the likelihood that you would pick up that one Oreo. It's the likelihood that one person would fulfill just eight prophecies. Listen to me. Jesus did not fulfill eight prophecies. He fulfilled 300 prophecies. Jesus is Lord. I need you to hear that this morning. Do you understand? Jesus has said who, is who he says he is. Let me read this. Let me read this. This prophecy is, is uh, really good stuff. Out of Isaiah 9, 6, it says this. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And here it is. Prince of Peace. I want to break that word down for you for a second. Because I... I think we miss it. We miss it a little bit. So this was originally written in Hebrew. And so there's two words that are used in the Hebrew to do this Prince of Peace. The first one is Sar, Sar. Now, it's where we would eventually get words that we would know like Czar, C-Z-A-R. Or if you're thinking of the Roman times, Caesar, right? This is where it comes from. It means, it means basically the one in charge, the Lord, the chief, the general. That's why I say the prince, eh, we maybe lose a little meaning because we like, oh, Prince Charming, Prince of Peace. Like, no, it's not comparable. Okay. Like this is the person in charge. And then Shalom is the word you probably are a little more familiar with for peace. Shalom. And it means rest, rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness, contentment. In other words, Jesus is the one in charge of rest. Jesus is the leader over peace. I'll go so far to say it to you this way. Jesus is peace. There is no peace outside of Jesus. He is the one in charge. He is the only peace. That's why he can say some things like this. Let me show you a few verses. John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace. Like those words. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Look at Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, thank you, Lord, that I'm justified through faith. Not by works, not by anything that I've done, but simply because I believe that you are the Messiah, you fulfilled the 300 prophecies, you died on that cross, you were buried, you rose again, and now my sins can be forgiven. And because of that, I'm justified, right? I'm justified by faith. We have peace with God. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you see, Jesus is peace. Psalm 4 and 8. I will lie down and sleep in peace. Catch the words. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. One more. Psalm 29, 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. He is peace. There is no peace without Jesus. We could go around the room and tell stories of trying to chase peace in other places. Come on. 
And for many of us, that's why we're here this morning. Some of us were, we were really good at chasing it in other places. Anybody else? I mean, I'm kind of one of those personalities where I just, you know, if I'm going to do something, I decide I'm going to do it well. So like I was a really good sinner. Anybody else? And I promise you, there's nothing this world has to offer. Peace comes through Jesus. Look at this verse. We actually looked at this last week, Ephesians 2 and 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our what? Peace. It is impossible to have peace unless you are connected to Jesus Christ in a very real, authentic, and genuine way. There is no peace outside of that reality. So what is peace? What, what is peace? You know, most of the time if you ask people what is peace, they would say it's an emotion or a feeling, right? Like it's a, what, what, probably the most common answer, especially during a season like this. Come on, we're in the crazy Christmas season. So what is peace? And people would say it's the absence of conflict. But I submit this to you. Listen to me. You can take away conflict and not have peace. See, peace is not the absence of something. Peace is the adding of something. Better let me say it this way. Peace is is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. And his name is Jesus. It is the only peace that we have available to us. We are not, listen to me, we should not be pursuing peace We should be pursuing Jesus. Big difference. Anybody been out there pursuing peace like me? Right? Where we go and we pursue peace and we pursue other things in our lives that we're we're trying to find some kind of settlement inside of us and and it never happens. And if that's you here today, you came to the right place. Not because of Mike or Marcus or the band or anybody else sitting around you. But simply because this place is going to look at you today and say the only thing that's going to bring peace to your life is Jesus. The only thing that's going to settle your soul. So I want to give you today three simple, three simple lessons. Three simple things that I think we've got to put in play. Because I say this to you and you go, yeah. I mean, there's very few people in the world that you would go, hey, you want peace? No, man, I like the chaos, bro. Like, no, no, nobody's doing that. And yet we're in this season of madness, right? I mean, isn't it's just a season of madness and buying everybody? You got your shopping done? Anybody got all your shopping? Okay, a couple of you crazy people. Yeah, Black Friday, anyway, you know. But, but listen, this, this, this chaos, this weird season, this struggle inside of us, what we really need is his peace. So how? How do we connect with God. How do we do this in such a way where his peace actually comes? Let me give you three ideas. Number one. Number one, you have to get under the lordship of Jesus. You have to get under the lordship. You know what that means? That means having him be in charge. Lordship is is not something we just say, right? Many call him Lord, but honestly, very few put themselves under his lordship. Because it's one thing for us to say that he's Lord. It's another thing to actually submit to what he tells us to do. Are, are Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like we can claim it all day long. But you know what's going to happen is, here's, here's what I think we do. I've done this. I bet some of you have done this as well. We said, Jesus, Lord, he's going to take care of this situation. Man, I'm trusting you, God. And man, you're just like all with faith and all this sort of stuff. And then he doesn't. And they're like, see, he didn't do crap for me. Like he does so-and-so. Like how come he takes care of so-and-so? Meanwhile... I got all kinds of secret sin going on in my life. 
I've got all kinds of things. And I'm expecting God to do something that he can't step into because I'm not under his lordship. Right? We're under his lordship when we obey what he says to do. If we don't, we're not under his lordship. Most of us want a savior. I'll go this far. Everybody wants a savior. Right? Anybody want to go to heaven? I want to go to heaven. And we've done a great job in our culture of scaring literally the hell out of people. Right? And people come walking an aisle and pray a prayer. And what are they praying for? I want a savior. I want to go to heaven. I just just want to go to heaven. Just give me, listen to me. He's savior and Lord, or he's neither. That's the way it works. He has to be Lord. He has to be over us. We want a savior, but I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Anybody? Anybody got a little rebellion in your heart like I do? Anybody want the benefits and the blessings? We love messages that are about blessings, don't we? Ooh, God's going to bless you. And we see all them silly things on Facebook. If you post this, send it back within 24 hours, you're going to get a check in the mail. Hallelujah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're sleeping with your girlfriend and cheating on your taxes. And Come on, somebody. It's lordship. Right? It's, it, 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 it's, it's lordship. Look at Acts 10 and 36. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling them the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. That sounds good. Stop right there. Just stop. Like, if we could stop at that comma. Right? Because look, we got good news. Everybody, anybody like good news? I like good news. Okay, good. Uh, peace. Everybody, anybody want some Peace. I would like some peace myself. Jesus, I think he's a cool dude. Anybody like Jesus? He's pretty cool. But then it says after the comma, who is Lord of, well, Sundays. No, Lord of all. Lord of all. There's a lot of people that want heaven, but not a lot of, but a lot of people will complain about the the turmoil in their life at the same time. I wrote this down. Accountability is the glue that ties commitment to the result. Accountability is the glue that ties commitment to result. We need accountability. Let me say it to you this way. I'll give you a practical illustration. My kids, if my kids are good with daddy, in other words, if they're being submissive, right? And they're making the Matheny name look good, right? And they're doing these kind of things. What mode is daddy in? I'm like, what you want, baby? I'll take you shopping right now, right? I'm in blessing mode. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? I want at that moment for them to feel great. I'm concerned with their peace, with their joy, with their contentment. But if somebody is rebelling... Daddy gets into a little different mentality. Anybody? I'm not concerned with their comfort. As a matter of fact, my focus now is their discomfort. Why? Because I'm a good dad. Because busting their butt is actually what's going to bring correction in where they should be. So why is it that we don't get with our heavenly daddy... That when we submit and do it his way, his focus and mindset towards us is our peace and comfort and blessing. Do you hear me? But when we are rebellious, his mindset is they need to feel uncomfortable because they need correction. It's what a loving daddy does. Right? So, so, so maybe our peace, maybe our ongoing struggle with peace actually has less to do with the things going on around us and maybe some of the things going on inside of us that are unhealthy. And the obedience and the choices and the struggles that we continue to struggle with. We have all at some point called him Lord and then stepped out from under his protection. Anybody? And got burned, right? 
By the way, let me just remind you, I said it once, I want to say it again. There is nothing out there that has ever brought anyone peace. Nothing. I've tried a lot of it. I'll just tell you. And it brought me a lot of heartache and it brought me a lot of regret. To this day, I still battle with shame sometimes, right? And struggles of, am I really good enough? And all those kinds of, and these are all results of disobedience, of rebellion inside of me. Can I just come on a Sunday and pray and have peace? No. Can I not tithe and have financial peace? No. Just got quiet up in here. Can I do what I want and have a peaceful home? No. Listen to me. The peace that we're searching for is found when we put him in his proper place as not only Savior, but also Lord. What is it today that you need to put under his lordship? Because if you really want God's peace, it requires submission to his Lordship. Isaiah 32 and 17, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. When you are righteous, when you are doing things properly the way God would have you, the, the fruit of that is peace. The effect of righteousness, catch this, will be quietness. Anybody would like a little bit of quiet right now, just for a few minutes? Any moms out there? Like 10 minutes of, uh, come on, quiet. Confidence. Anybody need some confidence? It comes in peace. With your Savior. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, and in undisturbed places of rest. Boy, that sounds good. Undisturbed places of rest. So, number one, if we're going to find peace, is we've got to get under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Number two, number two, we got to bring Jesus into every situation. We have to bring Jesus into every situation, into everything that we're in. If you, if you don't have peace somewhere, listen to me, bring Jesus into it. If you want peace in your finances, listen, bring Jesus into your finances as, starts with an L and ends with an ord. Lord, y'all are brilliant, right? If you want, or you don't have peace in, in your house, then you have to bring Jesus into that situation as Lord in that situation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is the only place. I know this is kind of like, for some of you, this kind of feels like tough teaching. And I need you to hear something. I'm not doing this teaching because I'm standing up here wagging a finger at you. I'm doing this teaching because I love you. And I want you to have peace, real peace. Are are you hearing? Like I want so badly, my prayer through this whole series has been, when you look back at 2020 and people say, what'd you get for Christmas? You're like, oh, I got this and I got that and I got this and that. But but you know what? More than any of that, 2020, I got peace. That's my heart and my desire as I think about each one of you and pray for your families and pray for your relationships and pray for all that you're doing that you would find peace peace because we have this crazy way of compartmentalizing our relationship with God. Anybody? Sunday, man. Come on, Sunday. I'm, I'm up here hooping and hollering. They got me, boy, they busted into holy, holy. And I thought I was going to come up off the ground and get a little Pentecostal. And then Monday morning at the office, somebody says something to me and I cuss them out. What is that? That's compartmentalizing. It's called cultural Christianity. In other words, I'm going to do Christianity in the right times when I think it's beneficial for me or when it feels good, but I'm actually missing that that's no Christianity at all. The goal of this church is not to have great services and cool events. That is not our goal. Our goal is to raise up a people who bring Jesus into their Monday through Saturday assignments. To make him Lord of your classroom, teachers, of your office space, of your neighborhood. First, or Second Thessalonians 3 and 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace when? At all times. Not just Sundays during prayer. 
right? Not, not, not just during this few minutes, but when you walk out of this crazy place and you go deal with the madness out there because it's total chaos out there. If we bring Jesus as Lord into our crazy situations, peace follows. It's just the way it works because he is peace. But we've got to make up our mind to do this. So number one, get under the lordship of Jesus. Number two, bring Jesus into every situation. And I'm going to close with this. Number three, keep your mind on Jesus. Keep your mind on Jesus. I told the story. I'll tell the story again. Riding in the car, somebody in the left lane. And in my mind, I was like, get out of the left lane, jerk. Do you not know the traffic rules? And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's my jerk. And I wept. And felt about this big. Because I didn't bring Jesus into that situation. Are you hearing me? I didn't keep Jesus on my mind. Like that's the idea of praying without ceasing is that it's all week long when all the chaos is, is, is continuing to go that I can still love. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, look at these words. Put it into practice. In other words, we can't come sit here on a Sunday morning and hear a message. Woo! That was fun. Let's go. And do nothing with it. Like that's that's not lordship. Are you are you hearing? Matter of fact. If we do that, I've said this before, what you kind of do is you kind of turn me into a drug dealer. Because you come on Sunday morning and you get a little spiritual fix. Follow where I'm going? That's not what this is. I'm, I, I, I'm not trying to draw your emotions. I'm not trying to manipulate anything. That's not what this is. I want you to know peace. And what I need you to hear this morning is the only way for you to experience peace in yourself. Does anybody here this morning need some peace? I know I do. The only way for you, single mom, to feel peace in the middle of your daily chaos, when it feels like it's never ending, is to make him Lord. The only way through Jesus and that verse finishes and the God of peace (laughs) will be with you listen to me you can't just say it you can't claim peace oh Jesus name I'm claiming peace over my household and over my family and then nothing happens why does nothing happen because lordship didn't happen are you hearing me because we didn't submit to Because we didn't really bring Jesus into every situation and let him look at every cabinet and every closet. Some of us have got some closets that if Jesus came into our house, we're cool with him going everywhere, but maybe that closet. You know what I mean? And my, my cry for you today is for you to submit your junk today. Because we all have it. Look around. Look around you right now. There's some jacked up people here today. the jacked up guy you're listening to that we all need to bring our junk and our rebellious hearts that want it the way we want it and how we want it maybe for the first time or maybe it's just a recommitment thing and go God here it is all of it again please forgive me Please help me deal with this addiction. Please help me deal with it. And then you know what we need? We need some accountability. We got to bring some people in. We got to bring some people in. We have to bring some people in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We have to have accountability. We need each other. We're going to do 21 days of prayer in January. Then we're going to get into small groups. And you need to be in a small group. Are people a pain in the butt? Yes, people are a pain in the butt. Come on. 
But you need, you need that pain in the butt. Marcus and I were talking one time and I told him, I said, I purposefully put around me people who agitate me. I do. And he did what you did. He laughed at me. And he kind of looked at me like, okay, I'll explain it. That's a little weird. Because here's the reality. If all I do is sit around with people, tell me what I want to hear. I never grow. So get into a relationship with somebody who's a pain in the butt. Who maybe thinks a little bit different than you do. And will come at it. Don't Some of y'all are pointing at each other. Stop it. Y'all just form relationships through hate all of a sudden. No. Listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. Church, we are heading into 2021. Going to be the greatest year since we launched this church. I know it. Feel it in my spirit. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see miracles and wonders. We're going to see this community changed. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Mickey, Orlando is known for Mickey. Leesburg is going to be known for Jesus, I swear. Now, every single one of you, you clapped your hands. Now, I'm going to keep you accountable. You ready? It only happens when you make him Lord and we start living it out. Amen? Let's ask Jesus to help us do that this morning. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Wow. And the challenge. Dad, thanks for loving us. Thanks for kicking our butts. We thank you for the trials that we're going through right now because probably some of them are self-induced. And yet you are growing us through them, sharpening us, chiseling away at the stuff inside of us that we might grow and be more and more mature believers of you, that we can expand your kingdom. can be your hands and feet and where you've placed us here today. With your eyes still closed, if there's any of you here today, listen to me, that you have never made Jesus Lord. And I want you to think that through for a second. Because maybe you prayed a prayer. But honestly, ask yourself, did I make him Lord or was I just looking for a Savior? And maybe today, some of you, maybe in a new way, maybe it's not quote unquote the first time, but maybe it's in a new way today. You know what? I need to make him Lord. I need to surrender it all. I've been holding on to some of it. So if that's you today, just pray something like this, Jesus. I surrender all, like the old song says. Please forgive me for my sin. Please help me, God, with my rebellious heart. Who wants it the way I want it, when I want it, how I want it. Holy Spirit, I give you space to move in and take over all. I surrender. Thank you for loving me today. For those that need to recommit today, maybe it's a particular sin you've got in your mind right now that you need to release to God today. God, help me with this. He will, if you'll come to him sincerely. So Father, meet each person where they are today. Help us now to do what we just read and put it into practice. You are Lord. With your eyes closed there right now, you and God, I want you to do a little business. I want you to start naming different things in your life. And I want you to say, you're Lord of my house. You're Lord of my marriage. You're Lord of my business. You're Lord of my children. I want you right now to name everything that you can think of and place it under the Lordship of Christ once again.
Come on, every piece, every bit, everything. Your Lord. I surrender control. I let it go again. I trust you. You are best for my life. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us here. Holy Spirit, you are so good. We give you honor. We give you glory. We come today to glorify and pray this prayer in the name that is above all names. In the only name that will stand the test of time can bring healing and wholeness and peace. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's close today. Um, Let's sing this song one more time because I think maybe after the message today, we'll sing it just a little bit different.